What's going on? Everybody, you've got the card board coaches here with your boy, Coach Coach. And you've got the sports card cartel in a mood, you know, in a way, in a vibe. And uh, you've been missing out on the ranting and raving over the last few episodes where we've had some wonderful guests on. I think you're going to appreciate this episode. I think we went a little PC, you know, in uh, in like letting our guests talk. And that's good. I mean, like, I think we need a nice balance. And I've, I've talked about this before in the podcast. I think we need a nice balance of popping off and uh, harsh realities as well as, you know, some of the positives of collecting and some of the great things that other collectors in the space have done and, and are doing currently. Uh, as well as, you know, a little bit of a game plan on like how to collect in general. So some knowledge behind that. Um, but today is definitely going to be one of those episodes that if you like the spicy version of Coach Co and the cartel, buckle up, people. Cartel, the floor is all yours. The word on the street is the coaches are getting a little soft. They're not yelling at their players and dressing them down like they usually do they're laying back letting things unfold a bit more naturally organically rather than getting in there causing some some uh you know extra energy to lead to innovation and push back the pushback that we've been known for now with that being said uh, just as you pointed out coach co we're in a time of transition so that this is the time to discuss collecting and indulge in it and indulge all in all the things that maybe we, we swept to the side during the craziness of the last couple of years. And that being said, it also allows us to kind of step back and watch what's going on. It's a lot of silliness, less silliness going on in the hobby. In my, in my opinion right now, Um, you know, the attempts to unmask card porn, uh, something about a basketball game, sea blazes everywhere. Okay. And that being said, it's amusing. Uh, I think it's all summarized very nicely through the feed of Lameem James. I wish we could just leave it at that, have a good laugh about it, but we see so much discussion and so much attention paid to what is in my opinion, uh, distractions, distractions from what we should really be talking about. What should we really be talking about? Manufacturers. Panini, Aberdeck, Tops, Fanatics, of course, are future overlords. We need to be having those discussions, for better, for worse. There are so many discussions that we can have regarding that sort of thing. That, to me, is a little bit more important than discussing the potential nefarious actions of card porn. If you believe card porn is representing a, a certain company or, or in cahoots, show me the hard data, show me the, the facts, show me your evidence. And I'm all ears and I'm all, and, and I'm, and I'm willing to hear you out. In the meantime, it's, it's so uninteresting to me um, and a lot of people. And like I said, distractionary, there are UFOs in the sky as we speak unidentified objects literally distracting us from some of the more obvious things that are going on that we're choosing not to pay attention to it's the same thing in my opinion and 
you know, that just that that leads me a little bit to the concept of pushback in the hobby. It's getting dirty. It's getting nasty. A lot of people that uh, used to used to talk to me a lot, used to think that we were running the same lane, in my opinion, are way off the path. Hateful. Um, you know, just because you believe in the freedom of expression, free speech and supporting people that push back doesn't mean you head down the street to the homeless guy with mental instability is talking about the flat earth and start to support him and say that he is a hero or brave. These guys know nothing about bravery. There are a lot of cowards out there in this hobby space, overreacting, acting a fool. I'd like to see a lot of these guys in person. I'd like to see which one of these guys I would put out, uh, uh, I would put out a poll on my feed and on Instagram, which one of you guys would just burst into tears at the national the moment I spoke a word to you within six feet, which one of you would just curl up into a ball and burst into tears? Because that's what I would expect from so many of these people and the way they behave and the way that they react. Pushing back right now means questioning what's going on with the manufacturers. You want to pull out the past, start talking about what people were doing the last two years. That's, that's somewhat interesting, sure. But what they're doing right now, listen, most influencers right now have veered. They've taken a turn. I like that. They've got different content going on right now because they realize we're in a different space now. We're in a different time. So discuss these things. Everyone wants to discuss collecting. Cardboard coaches get on that path. A bunch of other people get on that path. Get on that path. That's interesting right now. That's relevant right now. There's a lot going on in the hobby. We touched on it last week with P. Ryan. You know, these shows are getting bigger and bigger. Enjoy that. Enjoy the community growing. Enjoy the fact that people stuck around and are still coming in. Okay. These people that left, I was waiting for them to leave. They've gone. I don't want to discuss them anymore. They've left. There are people coming into this day. The shows are getting bigger. The big bucks, maybe not so much, right? But a lot more action, a lot more activity. If you know what you're doing, which most people with a collecting base know, then you're having fun right now and it's profitable. Get into that space. Talk to the people that are supporting that space and that mentality. Listen to the influencers, regardless of what they did in the past, regardless of the pumping of products like V Friends. They get it. They have a big platform, much bigger than the cardboard coaches. Take a listen. They're interviewing the right people. They're, they're getting in touch with the right people. They're doing the right things. So there's a lot of positivity going on. But at the same time, again, if we're going to do this pushback thing, if we're going to do these conversations, let's talk about the manufacturers. We're going to do a little bit of that later on. Let's talk about the people creating the cards. Let's talk about release schedules. Let's talk about redemptions. Let's talk about things that affect the collector on a ground level, not basketball games involving CBLEZ, okay? Or even discussions about CBLEZ's health or mental state, which is like ridiculous and offensive. And, you know, a private matter in many ways, although, you know, it can create amusing content. I understand. I'll give you that. But I don't care who card porn is at this point. How often do I even check the cardboard fiend anymore? It was, it was a moment in time, ladies and gentlemen. Card porn had its day. I don't think anyone's chanting card porn anymore back in the day like they used to chant for World Star. It's, it's, it's been there, done that. I don't care who this uh, gentleman or this consortium of people are. I care about what's going on on the ground level right now. That's where I'm working. That's where Coach Co is digging in. 
I guess that's going to be it. I guess there's still part of the cartel that doesn't want to take it to that level 11. But that's what I've got for now, Coach Co. First off, I want to say just elegant speech there, sir. And Thank secondly, um, let's start with this cardboard thing. I think it's picking up steam again because Facebook is getting subpoenaed to find out who card porn is because of the Spiegel lawsuit um, due to the defamation claims against card porn made about the LeBron James exquisite RPA that was allegedly patch swapped. And if you've seen past photos of the original, I mean, you might agree. Uh, Upper deck has, you know who else, you know, who else is suing for defamation at this moment in time? Former Green Bay Packer great, legendary football player, Brett Favre. We need to return to that concept in a moment here, Co. I didn't mean to cut you off, although I did mean to cut you off. That's okay. Tell us some more. Tell us some more about this Spiegel case. Yeah, well, I mean, the the pictures are there. We have old photos from blowout cards, um, or blowout forums, rather, of the original patch and the napkin patch and... There are claims that Upper Deck took this card back because of the patch or because there was an issue with this card in some way, shape, or form, and instead returned a brand new patch, three-color, gorgeous patch, um, and then proceeded to write some sort of thing approving its authenticity. Um, I don't know if anyone's corroborated this, this uh, and so I guess that's part of this whole thing. And uh, I mean, clearly the Spiegel brothers or Spiegel brothers or however you pronounce it are, um, you know, pretty upset that their card got pulled from auction, especially given the fact that LeBron James just broke the record. I will say, however, um, I don't think I mean, even if it's authentic, I don't think it's still a gorgeous card. You know, so you're you're saying, you know, forgive me if I'm not following all this. This stuff tends to, to make my head spin. Yeah, for people that have seen the countless number of cup cards that have been altered in for our sure. sector, the hockey hobby. There's actually one on PWCC right now. The the Patrick Kane. The Patrick Kane. That's correct. You're, you're telling me that Upper Deck replaced the patch. That's what the claims are. The claims are so, that Upper so Deck replaced wrong. the patch. So or, the way or... this plays <laughs> out, the, the way this plays out is Cardporn simply reports on this card. Right, they're simply reporting on what the facts. I, I, I are. think the issue was that they continued to pursue it with Golden, and then gloated about the fact that they got it pulled, which, which they've been doing for years. I agree. Now. I agree. Contacting auction houses about uncut sheets, about patches, this, that, and the other thing, which some people call essential to the hobby, and other people, other people call not minding your own business. Apparently, yeah, or like pocket watching, <laughs> or complaining. Yeah, um, such a strange dichotomy happening right right now between people who think they represent freedom of speech and investigation and even privacy. It's just it makes the head spin. Yeah, so it I guess does. you know all of they they want basically to to drag this guy out. I mean, to your point a few podcasts ago, like what are they going to do when they find this guy? I mean, they, they want to throw him into the river. They want to yeah. drag him out of, uh, and they want to throw floats. him in the river, right? Right. They, floats. This is most definitely a witch hunt, and 
I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how things progress from here when eventually his identity gets revealed and it will, because these are court documents and Instagram has been subpoenaed. So, I mean, they kind of have to provide that. Um, But yeah, I mean, to your point, I mean, what should we be talking about? When, I, 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 we've been, we've been talking about this for quite some time. We, we had a pretty grim episode and this is what's so funny. It's like, I'm pretty sure we had like one of the grimmest episodes we've ever had on this podcast before all of our guests where, right. where we, we, we actually struggled to find something positive to talk about. That's right. And the sentiment of that podcast uh, was basically centered around the fact that, that the quality control is at an all time low in, in my opinion, in our opinion, um, you know, like young guns get, I mean, it's very hard. I, I don't know. Have you seen the gem rates? Have you seen the gem rates from this year's 30 percentish? I, I 30, keep, you know, 30%, 30%, right? Yeah. So, um, there's a 30% chance that if you hit a big card that it'll get a PSA 10. Now, obviously not all cards can be gems. Uh, obviously that would affect the population in a negative manner, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and, and truthfully, unless it's uh less than an eight, it realistic, realistically shouldn't be replaced. But I do think that there are a lot more eights and eights, let's say eights out there than than pens for sure. There's and, a 30% chance of a gem and there's a 50% chance you're going to be in touch with quality control of upper deck. And, right. you know, that would be fine, I guess, if the price of product didn't keep going up. And specifically when it comes to upper deck and hockey, I mean... Have you looked at the pre-order pricing for the cup? I mean, we're talking about a $1,300 box for five right. carts. And and I mean, what's the hope that you get a Kirill? And well, what does that cup go for? Like, if you look back at past cups, how many of them eclipse 1300 bucks, bro? Of like star players. Right. So realistically... Where is this value coming from? I mean, I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't know where this value is coming from. I don't know. I, I really hope that people in solidarity just don't buy this product because I think they need a, a rude awakening considering the fact that this product is like three years late. It's three years late and it's significantly more expensive than it's ever been. And I understand well, that the cup is for like, let's call them upper class collectors. But even... You don't want to gouge those people either because a lot of those people who are like upper class collectors know exactly what they're doing. The, the cup collectors, they are a very educated bunch for the most part. And um, I mean, unless their hope is that a bunch of people who don't know anything about hockey are going to start buying and ripping the cup, uh, like breakers, I mean, uh, and some of the high profile breakers that we've covered on this podcast previously. I mean, unless that's their hope that, you know, a bunch of people buy these cases and they, they get they get them filled. And uh, but in which case there is going to be a very, very, very sour taste in people's mouths at the end of these breaks. You rip a case of this. I I am almost willing to bet everything I have that there that there's no way in hell that you get 50 percent value back. Well, they're, they're going to rip it. The, the guys in the golden masks of Squid Games are going to rip this stuff for sure. But um, you got to slow your roll a little here, Coach Cope, because you're doing the weighted pull-ups. I'm, Cartel is still over on the assisted pull-up machine, okay? You've done three sets. You're on your way to your protein shake, and I'm, like, warming up, all right? So just 
looping back real quick from the cup, although I do appreciate the rant. Um, if you are if you're the owner of a card, now this kind of relates because you know there's owner of big cards that are having to deal with the fact that they came out of the pack damaged and they got to speak to upper deck yet again. But if you're the owner of a huge card that has come into question, just going back to the whole Spiegel card porn scenario, um, you are obviously going to have your back up against the wall over your investment. Think of the layers here, okay? So a card is released by a manufacturer, gets pulled by someone, some way, gets put on the market, gets, gets manipulated, now potentially gets physically altered, then it gets in your hands, then you grade it, then you do this, then you're trusting all these grading companies, which time and time, again, over the last two, three years, have failed us repeatedly, have authenticated boxes full of G.I. Joe cards, who have graded a, a, a card with obvious damage on it, Gem 10, who have graded cards that should have received a higher grade, a lower grade, that have graded cards that aren't even authentic, have graded cards that have been manipulated and, 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 and altered. We've seen it time and time again, so it's not a shocker, okay? And then it ends up in your hands. How many collectors among us, how many dealers among us, how many store owners among us have wound up in a scenario like this? It's happened a lot. You stick around long enough, it's going to happen to you. On a very basic level, you're going to have a chat with someone who tells you that the card is wonderful and you're going to get it in your hands at home in the mail or when you meet up and you're going to see some damage to it that was not pointed out. It's going to happen. It's the nature of the beast. But at the end of the day, if a, an entity like card porn is out there putting out the facts and laying it out, that is not a reason to yell, you know, slander or libel or whatever it is and, 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 and push back against it. In a lot of cases, you are just S out of L. That's just how it goes. A lot of people have had to go through that scenario in the hobby, in the card hobby, in the comic hobby, in the art the fine art hobby slash laundering scheme. But that is the reality that we see every single day, every single month, every single year. Um, it's the same story. So yeah, I'm kind I think of this, I think this loops here. back to just a lack of accountability in general. In and, the but, hobby. Again, but just, you know, for the moment, not the, the lack of accountability is it's just like a giant storm in the hobby, but yeah, the top yeah. down. I agree. I mean, I like like you mentioned, grading companies. You know, uh, a lack of accountability, like manufacturers, lack of accountability on, on the buyer's part in doing their but, secondary research, a lack of accountability. Go, like, I don't know. Just, yeah, to, to to go after the source of getting the information out to me does not make sense. Maybe I'm missing some of the elements here. I don't want to sit down and read the entire lawsuit. By the way, there are content creators who do that stuff. That's fine. His name is Paul Lesko on Twitter. He's a gem. There you go. So, you know, there may be more details that I'm not fully taking into consideration here. I'm just giving you my, my feedback based on the surface level here of what I'm reading. And to go after, I mean, it's just like, you know, there's so many threatened lawsuits we've seen on Instagram feeds. Remember that one gentleman who was impersonating a very popular influencer on a web page? Not impersonating him, but kind of purporting to be him and it was kind of a it was a great account people enjoyed it it, it took off and then the next thing you know threat of a lawsuit it had a thousand um, followers in like a week you know large auction house consignment groups that are threatening to sue ebay they're not gonna do it 
Um, Brett Favre, I mean, are, are we real? Are we going to go into that? Are we going to like get into a discovery phase where they, they look into the concept? See, now I'm like terrified. I have to use my words carefully. The concept of misappropriating uh, um, public funds meant for the, the weakest and most deprived of us in the community being misappropriated by the rich and wealthy elite. I mean, it's wild. Because at the end of the day, there are some people out there who realize the threat of lawsuits and, and, the, and, the, and the, the costs involved will push someone off. And of then, you, then you want to talk, then you want to talk to me about freedom of speech. These same pushback boys going after car porn are telling me that they are admirers of these scions and soldiers of free speech. Are you kidding me? Are you not able to look in the mirror and see the hypocrisy that's happening here? It doesn't make any sense to me. These are the pushback boys I'm talking about that I want to hear nothing from. And if they so much as cross my path at the national, they're going to regret it. And that's not a physical threat. It's a verbal threat. I will dress you down to the point where you are in your socks. No one wants to see it, buddy. And no one wants to smell it as Patrick Ryan mentioned in our previous episode. So that's, that's the thing going on in the hobby right now that to me is just absolutely absurd. And uh, I don't know, let it, let it play out, let it all play out because you got to wonder what point the dominoes fall on, on all of this stuff, man. We just move on week to week. We move on from Steve Hart. We move on from, from, you know, predictions of $6 million and winding up with 2 million. We just take it and move on. And there's never a follow-up. Let's get in there. Let's dig in. You want to get lawyers involved, start discovering stuff, discover stuff. Let's discover everything about eBay. Let's discover everything about these auction houses. I'm up for it, you know? So anyhow, the cup, um, main thing on the cup coach co is there goes prospecting. There goes one of the biggest concepts in the value and the anticipation and reception of a new product. There it goes when you're releasing it two years later, no one's that excited about picking up a Laffy right now. Are they, um, they're excited. I mean, it, might, it might be a good opportunity to buy low, I guess. I don't know. Well, now, yeah, well, now you're talking about the second component, which is, legitimate which is just being smart and watching but buying low doesn't sell boxes though do you know what i'm saying like buying right. low well, on something doesn't sell a box whether whether we like it or not like the prospecting is the thing that drives a lot of these products what's driving baseball right now do we know that julio and bobby witt are going to be hall of famers or legendary do we know that they're not going to you know given what we've seen with acuna and soto that they're not going to tear their acl next year i mean prospecting drives product why is tops putting out so much stuff in 2022 you know i still say stuff instead of junk because some of it is nice but um why are they doing that why are there 200 wander wander franco one of ones they, they know what they're doing they've got a a, a great group of prospects now upper deck has missed the boat. There's people opening their product right now that don't even know what year it is. They're asking me what year and what rookie crop, you know, is in this pack versus this pack of a product that came out so close. Talking about artifacts, right? There's a lot of confusion. It's it's harder than ever to prospect um, in, in hockey specifically. Team Canada. Well, I mean, look, <clears throat> NFL... So that NFL, a NFL Prism is still hasn't been released and the Super Bowl is happening literally as we speak. You there know, you go, so man. like it's I mean, Panini's been doing Panini's been, Panini's been behind for ages, ages. Yeah, they have had full seasons without product. 
And like Lamelo they've, Ball they've, autographs just showed up on Lamelo Ball on, Lamelo Ball rookie autographs out of 2020 have just arrived, and it is 2023. So shout out, uh, hit him high. Sports cards, he's all over it, you know. So, yeah, you um, got a, you no, got a, a jer- jersey number banger, I think. Great, great point with the football uh, market. I don't really keep track of, but yes, that's that's right. Um, you know, it's uh, you know that that th- those are the issues there. Uh, we, we've got we've got local stores that are drastically drastically cutting their orders with tops because they're so tired of dealing with unhappy customers, uh, so tired of dealing with getting these um, these communications from tops where they're giving them back some money for for the inconvenience of releasing a hobby product that seemed more like it was retail, uh, receiving these silver packs. Um, some stores didn't get enough. Some stores got too many. What are you going to do with those packs, et cetera? It's, I mean, it's a mess. The irony, the irony is, though, like, I think that Panini is doing a much worse job than Tops. Like, You're I right, think they're doing, a, 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 again, again, I'm not letting Tops off the hook, okay? Yeah. I just think that Panini is doing such a bad job, like an atrocious job. And the only reason why Panini is held up right now is because we have somehow decided to suck off these panini brands like the the panini brand itself and just accept any everything that comes with it because of some of these lucrative card sales which are realistically backed by us like that's it they're backed by us they're backed by people who want to pay those prices then that's it because they have dropped the ball in such a ridiculous manner i mean from the fact that like i said they want a whole football season and prism still hasn't come out and not to mention like i said in three four podcasts ago this this rookie class sucks. All right. No disrespect to anybody who's playing in the NFL, anyone who collects O linemen or whatever. But generally speaking, this is one of the worst rookie classes we have ever seen. What is and it? The pri- Pickett and Purdy? Is that what it is? Yeah. Like, and now Pickett or now Purdy's injured for six months. And so, and, and he's out of the playoffs. So there goes that. Right. Um, and yet the prices don't change, you know? They the, the prices are exactly how they are. Um people are still buying, people are still ripping. Uh, it, it's it, like we said, LaMelo Ball redemptions are coming back 3 years late. Uh I I have had so many people reach out to me saying that their redemptions from 10 years ago are finally being fulfilled not by the player, but by they're just Panini's decided to give them something else. And so they are cleaning up their act, but just think of what they've done over the course of the last year in terms of for the collector. And the answer, by the way, is nothing. They've done nothing for the collector. Yeah, and let's so, let's go, let's go back a few years. Vladimir Tarasenko autographs out of the cup took and NSP took four years. Bro, the Panini sure? ones still have not been fulfilled. I had someone tell me the other day that the Panini ones still have not been fulfilled, and this is like 2011 product. 2011 product. This is 12 years later, bro. 20, 2013. You're right. You're right. Still Didn't they, they have tw- You're right. 2013. You're right. It was McKinnon rookie year. Yes. 10 years. Uh, no, you're, uh, I think we've covered it quite nicely there. Um, just, but you, but you talk about like, you know, I get I me, mean, I guess this transitions into something Mike Rubin said over the, you know, right. he he, uh, he was recently featured on a podcast, The Nelk Boys, Full Send. I'm sure some of our listeners also consume some of that content. And if you don't, I will summarize exactly what he said. 
Uh, it is just over the hour mark of that podcast. They ask him about the collectibles market and and they, they talk specifically about the volatility and they're like, well, you know, how do you feel about the collectibles market? I know that you, you know, Fanatics recently acquired a bunch of things and uh, he begins to talk about how he has probably never been more bullish on the collectible space, specifically sports cards. Uh, and for various reasons, mainly, I mean, he, he kind of gloats about the fact that he has a monopoly. He has UFC, he has WWE, he has soccer pretty much across the board. Um, he has basketball incoming. He has football incoming. And uh, the fact that the sports card hobby has never been marketed, the fact that it has grown to its capacity currently with zero marketing, little to none. I mean, aside from, you know, as, as you've said before on late night TV, people selling cards. I mean, it, it very little marketing involved, maybe perhaps in the 90s when there was peak marketing and that was pretty much it. Very little marketing. And he says for that reason, uh, and he also mentions that he has done more in the last 12 months for the, the hobby than Tops has done in the last, I think he said seven years. Uh, and I kind of want to dive into that because, you know, we just went on, a, a, we just started criticizing Tops and specifically Fanatics because Fanatics owns Tops now. And a lot of the issues that have happened, ironically enough, have been since Fanatics took over. Uh, because before that, I mean, they, they were putting on some pretty good stuff. And I we, we had very little complaints, I think, during 2020, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, go for it. It's a long ways off since, like you mentioned, that marketing in the 90s. One thing I remember very specifically was Fleer um, and Upper Deck taking out a lot of ad space in magazines and comic books. The, the problem now being there are no magazines and comic books. There are. Who do you know that's purchasing comic books at this point, especially with the direct that's being produced by Marvel and DC? It's just not the platform. It's not the uh, packaging that people are getting into these days. Everything's kind of online. So it, it to, to an oldie like me, it's kind of mystifying like how you how you would approach that. But I know that it's, I mean, these new avenues and channels like social media, we have not fully plunged into it. You know, uh, Jorge I think Mal it's, I think it's entirely influencer based. I think that's what he's referring to when he, when, it, when he's talking about marketing. I well, think is he talking about what's what we've already seen or what he's planning on? No, I think what, he, what he's planning. I well, think, I think what he's planning because in my, in my mind, that's what we've already seen. That is a prime avenue of market. That's what it is. All these. A hundred percent. Well-known influencers. We've been on some of their shows. They're sponsored by some of these companies and probably some, some of the manufacturers to a degree that we don't even know about potentially, but um, you know, it's at, at, at this point, it's gotta be very unique, innovative type of mainstreaming because we are still in this weird little niche. The average person, I mean, Co, how many people can you talk to outside of the hobby community about this stuff? But I think that, that's, that's what he wants to change. And how do you change that except yeah. through social they- media marketing, through influencers, quite frankly. And like, I'm not talking about influencers in the space. Like I'm talking about like Mike Rubin has connections with like James Harden, with Drake, with like well, Kevin this, Hart. This is what I'm saying. I mean, you know, Jorge Masvidal, who's a UFC fighter, yes. was getting there. 
but then he went and assaulted someone yeah. outside of a restaurant, yeah. it, which is unfortunate. But, you know, this is something I've discussed with a lot of people. You get you get you get the fighters involved. There's bound to be fighters that are into the cards. Uh, let them rip some product, you know, that sort of thing and put it out there. Uh, yeah. And get the actual athletes involved, create that connection to the, the sport that everybody loves uh, is gambling, which is blowing up right now in society more so than usual in my opinion i could be off base if it's if we look at statistics but gambling is recession proof bro that's is why. that um is that a separate stream that goes along with the hobby or is that a competing stream because you're competing for dollars potentially you don't have to do much marketing marketing of gambling because it's you know affecting human beings on that brain uh you know squirting of of uh, uh of neurotransmitter but there's level. still if you watch a sports show like i say sports show like i never watch sports if you watch like a game of any of, of any kind would you I like promise to watch you, the sports show tonight know, brendan know, there's a big one tonight i know i i promise you you will see copious ads for gambling so it's not like they're not marketing but you don't see a single sports card ad do you know what i'm saying that's so, true. That is true. So, I, I mean, if that's the difference, you know what I mean? Like, if the difference is, like, uh, there's a video of, like, someone opening a pack or something, like, something of that nature during a sporting event, then, I mean, that's the difference between the money, the dollars spent in marketing for gambling and the dollars spent in sports cards, which is... I well, mean, just, just imagine slow-mo shots, sexy, sultry, sumptuous shots of the of the packaging of Topps Gilded 2022 Topps Gilded Collection. Chrome baseball cards like you've never seen them before with a unique golden finish showcasing your favorite all-stars and Hall of Famers of years past. Search for today's top rookie cards. Julio Rodriguez, Bobby Witt Jr. They come into the screen during cartwheels. Available at your local card store now, I or mean, or your local lids, and available uh, at your local lids or your local pot dispensary in Ontario. It's interesting, right? Like, because I, essentially, I mean, his goal is to reach the everyday person, and I mean, the everyday person that like likes sports theoretically, right? So, absolutely, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with this marketing um i think unpopular opinion a lot of people are very upset by i mean they were very upset like i reposted the video and people were in the comment section saying basically like junk wax 2.0 uh, and they are overprinting product i mean i've mentioned that previously but i also think that you know you don't have to buy every product you don't have to buy this year's product quite frankly you have you can you can be very strategic with your buys, knowing that like there's going to be a lot of new people entering the space. You can be, and we've said this before. If you hone in on your niche, okay. If you, you know, you are knowledgeable about baseball, and while everyone's buying Bobby Witt Jr., you're like, mm, I'm gonna go ahead and buy. I'm gonna go buy Kyle Tucker. You know what I'm saying? Like if 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 that's your play, considering that guy's got a ring, considering. I mean, he was in contention for a batting title. And by the way, this is not investment advice. You buy whatever the hell you want. <laughs> but, you're going down, Coach Co. They're going to be all over you, man. Listen, you're going to be on. It'll be probably be the smartest thing that you smartest thing that you hear in the next week. So, 
Um, you know, if, if you choose to go that route and let's say next year, I mean, Bobby Wood Jr. is hitting 250 and meanwhile, Tucker's hitting 311 and he's got 30-30 or 25-25 or 20-20, whatever stage we're at in the season. Um, I mean, guess who's going to be the one holding the bag? I mean, it's going to be the people that don't really know what the hell they're doing, right? So They're buying Bobby Witt. Others are buying Pete Alonso and Jordan Alvarez, who will continue monstrous career numbers. Sure. Uh, that's yeah. what I mean, right? So, I mean, uh, how many Bobby Wood Jr. hit 20-something home runs last year playing at Kaufman? I mean, it's not a, it's not a homer friendly stadium. And again, like these are things that, you know, if you collect, if you watch, right. So everyone that's, that's upset about the overprinting. I mean, number one, you don't have to be someone who contributes to, you know, fueling that overprinting. And I've said that many, many, many times, but uh, you can choose to not, you can actually choose to, to anticipate, you know, which way people are going to go. And, and, you know, while everyone's going right and you see a massive traffic jam, you're like, guess what? I'm not going to go that way. I'm going to take a different route. Instead of complaining about that massive traffic jam over there, you can literally go around knowing that everyone's going to follow the, the the same damn road, right? So yep. I think it. I think it. It's and and the, the the worst part about it, and the worst part about it is the fact that you're ripping this product. It's relatively expensive. Maybe it's not worth a ton long term. We don't know that yet. I'm just saying, let's say it's not worth a ton long term. I mean, if you're buying sports cards and collecting them, you can't get mad at the manufacturers because they're not worth that much long term because at the end of the day, it's collecting, right? Like no one promised you a return on your investment when you opened a pack of cards. There are so many sectors in this hobby. There's such a variety. Now, it's easy to get caught up, start criticizing or start, you know, uh, saying it's too much, but just focus on your, stay in your lane, focus on what you want to focus on. And if you want to dip, if you want to take a look at some other things, the cartel ripped his first F1 box. I've got a beautiful Lewis Hamilton card I'm going to grade. It's going to look wonderful. I'm going to put it into the hands of an F1 collector who enjoys it. I'm going to take that money and put it into some hockey. It's a wonderful thing. There's so many things that you can do. There are so many plays. There are There's so much in every realm of collecting, of investing, slash flipping, slash dealing. It's all there for you. All right? So, so choose, choose what you want to do. Stick to it. Always continuously educate yourself. We've, I've said it repeatedly that if the collecting base is there and you're passionate about it, you're going to be successful in everything you do. I know 90s hockey guys, and you might be like, look at those guys. They're so, they're so stubbornly stuck in what they're doing, and they are killing it at shows with the deals they make, whether they have a table or not. They've been so intelligent about how they play things. They've got extras that they're going to be putting out there to continue to enhance their collection, or if they want to make some money, to buy a new car or whatever it is it's that exists that's a thing i love seeing it being on the ground floor spending a lot of time in a store i see everyone collecting anything that you can imagine people say to me f1's dying out i see these passionate f1 collectors it's really hard to accept someone sitting there telling me ah it's it's overblown and it's over i don't think it's over i don't think we've seen that last set because there's enough people buying it there's enough people grading it there's enough people enjoying it 
that's just one small silly example but there's just so much out there now I do want to get to the Team Canada set, Coach Cope, because it sounds like we're going to have a bit of a discussion here. Um, hockey being unique in that sense, that upper deck is now. I know Tops puts out, you know, minor league sets and things like that, but this is very unique. Putting out a very specific, you know, World Juniors set that is kind of unique in the hockey hobby. You don't see like you know, you don't see equivalents. You don't see like Olympic releases in baseball or international play releases in baseball or basketball or football. Um, so I think that is unique and it's a popular product every year. Some people absolutely love it. Some people collect it. Some people are very critical of it. Um, they just simply dismiss it. I'm more, I've more been in that camp just because it's not my thing. And I, I see what happens. You know, I see, I see cards of these top potential draft picks come out. People go nuts over them, but, but the young gun hits and it's game over for those cards, unless we're talking about very dedicated collectors. But I've never seen so much of a, a Team Canada product ripped. We know why that, well, also because I'm sitting in a store, but we also know that it's because of Mr. Bedard. And Upper Deck has loaded the product. Um, they've got, you know, 20 different subsets that include Bedard, 30 different parallels, jersey cards, autograph cards, and I've seen them all. Uh, I've seen them all come out, clear cut, uh, red foil parallels, exclusives, gold. Um, there's this shimmery parallel. I don't even know what it is. I, I need a reference guide that looks like your Honda's new manual to get through it all. But I see it appealing to new collectors who haven't been tainted by the concept of an OG collector coming in and saying, man, I don't like this stuff. There's no value there. I don't know why the OG collector sounds like he's from Georgia. I don't know why that is, Coach Cook. But, you know, that's what's happening. And, 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 uh, and even some seasoned hockey collectors that are dedicated to every aspect, they want a piece of every product. They want the synergy. They want the artifacts. They want the metal. Coach Co and Cartel don't roll that way. But I get it. And it happens. And they're enjoying it. And I'm seeing a lot of good stuff come out. There's a lot of value right now for Bedard. Say what you will, but what will happen over the next few weeks. Um, you know, even, you know, OGs like myself and, and, and hit them high are buying some of these Bedards because we're getting caught up in it. And, you know, we need to have some Bedards available if anyone asks for them. So let's talk a little bit about your perspective on it, because I think you're a little bit different than I am when it comes to the Team Canada release right now. Getting a little <clears throat> warmed up. <laughs> I think... I that the Team Canada release is everything that's wrong with the hobby. What um, a to start things out. Yeah, I do. Um, and I'll, I'll explain why. I think that for the price point and what you get, and I'm, you know, fine, there's dedicated collectors, but I, it's $400 a box approximately, right? And that, uh, after tax, yeah, I suppose. Okay, $400 a box, which is the equivalent of, let's say, four hobby boxes of like Series 1, Let's say let's say three. Not let's so say much. three. Around one fifty. Let's say three. Okay. Let's say two to three. Sake. Two to three, coach, coach. At least, at least two. At least two. Partially into three. Okay. Uh, and and say what you will about the value of those boxes, whatever. There are very few people, and we can revisit this in a year's time. But there are very few people who are going to bat an eye at those cards when his conventional rookies get released. And by his, I mean Connor Bedard. Okay? Whether you have an exclusive, whether you have a 
purple dragon parallel, whether you have a Team Canada cat eye logo, whatever yeah. refractor. Tanzanite meteorite. I don't give a shit what refractor you have. And um, maybe this is just me being super cynical. Um, but I've seen it happen so many times. I've seen it happen what, what so if, what if it's a, what many times. I've seen it happen so many times with so many different products across so many different sports. If this doesn't work for football, college football specifically, where there are some of the most dedicated fans globally for any sport, any sport, they fill stadiums with 100,000 people. Find me another sport that that happens with. Maybe soccer. But if they fill easily fill stadiums, 100,000 people, okay, on a regular basis, and those college cards are worth a fraction of number one what they're release what they're what they're essentially what they're worth when they're released or when they're ripped and number two over the course of time they become progressively less expensive regardless of the player you can buy a Joe Burrow autographed LSU card right now for a fraction of the cost of a, a Joe Burrow autograph in, in any panini uh any panini product. Okay, um, with the pro pro uh, jersey on. So, although there is a lure right now, and al although this is appealing to new collectors, I think this is more taking advantage of new collectors than anything, especially at the price point. Like I said, if this was a hundred and fifty dollar product, maybe I'd have a different tune. But the fact that this is significantly more expensive for cards that, realistically speaking, are not going to hold value long term. This is what I was talking about at the beginning of the episode, where this is not gonna this is not gonna bode well for someone who buys a Bedard. Let's say someone who doesn't know very much about hockey is very excited about all this Bedard hype. They buy one of the nicest Bedard Team Canada rookie patch autographs out there. Let's say they pay five thousand dollars for this. I want you to go ahead and when you get a chance. Go check some of the completed listings for Crosby Team Canada stuff. Not not in a pro like not after his pro debut. Okay, is there like World Junior there, stuff? Is there Crosby Team Canada? Stuff? Uh, what else? Um, Connor McDavid. You tell me, Connor McDavid doesn't have Team I'm Canada not stuff. Even familiar? Were they making Team Canada? I'm sure they were. I'm sure. I, I, I will double check after this podcast. But I'm, well, I'm because that's important to my counterpoint. I fine. All right, you know, I might have to do this right now. Um, I, I'm not prepared to do it right. Now. <laughs> My point is, I just don't think that this is going to go very far. Like, and again, I could be wrong, and and maybe this this because of the ripping and the people who are ripping it, and the fact that they're uh, spending what they're spending, and you know, there's the hype about Bedard, but I just don't know if this is going to hold up long term. So here's here here's some of my counterpoints. Go for um, it. No, number one, look, you're you're, you're right. That people will be overpaying on, on some of this stuff, but let's not discount the possibility they're going to love this stuff regardless. Especially the ones like that you mentioned are you know new to this or casual about this. Let's let's not forget there is a sector that's just casual and has a lot of money. Let's let's be real. That's fine. It's true. You you meet them. You get to know these people. That but you tell me that they're not going to be discouraged if the price of their their stuff goes down exponentially, depending on their trajectory. If if they really do want to indulge in the hobby and get into it, you're right. But there, I'm just saying this is a reality. There's casual guys that are going to get into this sort of stuff for a month or two, 
disappear from it because of work, family, etc. Come back to it, disappear, come back to it. They're not super serious about it and they have a lot of expendable cash. It is a reality. They exist. I'm just putting it out there. No, no, They're that's fine. Fans. They don't know enough about the hobby. They won't listen to me or you uh, in terms of getting good information. They'll just do their own thing. They do exist. And in a lot of ways, they do drive a lot of like off the beaten path product with their money. Um, the second thing is we do still have a lot of time until we see a Bedard mainstream NHL release. That is working in the favor for some of these people that do believe that it is an investment opportunity. There's a lot of time. There, there is. Until we see a Series 1, or I'm assuming it's going to be Series 1 with Bedard, plenty of time there. Um, the timing by Upper Deck right now, they, they know what they're doing here. Uh, we've been getting a lot of less than exciting non-mainstream. When I say mainstream, I mean Series 1, Series to SP Cup releases, it's filling a void there. There was a demand for Bedard. What do you do when you're not ready to release Series 1 at the Young Gun? You get them out there one way or the other, whether it's CHL, whether it's juniors, whatever it is. Maybe you can take some pictures of Connor as he's walking his dog. You can integrate it into like a dog walking set. But like another one of my issues with this is this is the third time that Connor that Connor Bedard has been featured in, in sets like this. Uh, yes, and that's very, very, very true. Right. Uh, so and and so by the way, I was I looked it up and and Connor McDavid does have World Junior stuff, but like no no patch autograph. So I mean, so so that's significant. Fair, so, fair, yeah, fair. And, uh, you know, someone made it, a he does have numbered cards though. He someone has like imagine Gretzky had juniors cards or some pre NHL mainstream releases from Tops. I know that's crazy. It no, no, that's sense, fine. But, yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying. I mean. Because off the top of my head, and again, I could be wrong, I, I'm not into this sector, but I don't think McDavid or Matthews had these kinds of cards coming out. And some of them are stunning. These maple leaf patch cut four color. Um, the design is fantastic. You got Canadian colors on there if you're a if you're a proud what's Canadian. What's the significance of like the third year stuff though? You're right. No, I, I understand, but at the end of the day, it's this giant phenom that we're now placing on a mcdavid-like level we need some of that out there certain people need some of that out there uh look i'm not going any higher than a jersey card at this point look i, I you know in my mind a lot of stores a lot of dealers is that something people, you 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 would hold long term no but we want to be able to offer it to people and remember i'm not in the business no no i know i'm just asking I, questions i'm no, asking but I'm not in the business. Local stores are not in the business of saying to someone, I know, by, the, I know. by the way, why is it you're buying this? Yes, yes, you're right. Their you're choice, right. you know. Um, you're right. I know, I, I know. I want to have what people are asking for. They're asking for Bedard. You're right. And and you're right. It, it's like, this is already like, if you want to call a... But it just a, feels like basketball. It feels it like basketball years. and football to me. You know, it feels like that, like, hype-driven, like... All right, everyone, jump on board. And like that's something sure. that I just don't. That's not a realm I play in in a on a regular basis. So that's why I have the stance that I have on. Do you know what I mean? Like people are out here buying, uh, Cam Thomas. Is Cam Thomas? I think it's Cam Thomas. Um, the gentleman, so. the gentleman from the Brooklyn Nets who dropped forty plus points. I, I can't. I can't imagine a better way to donate money. I mean, I can't imagine many, many ways, <laughs> better, many better ways to donate money. But that is essentially a donation to whoever you're buying that card. Uh, again, I could be wrong, but that's again, this is just my philosophy. This is my outlook on on these short term things, right? Are there going to be people that that still completely disregard what I say and do it anyway? That's fine. 
Do I get burnt on my takes sometimes? For sure. You know, I'm not infinitely right. Um, I just have a set of rules in place for me as a collector. Yep. And you create your own rules and, you know, you adjust accordingly. For, for and me, hopefully it's, it's, at the end of it, you enjoy your collection. That's all that fucking matters. You're right. Yeah. For me, for, for me, it's just another scenario where the cartel himself is not uh, extremely interested or concerned, but I get it. Yeah. I understand it. Yeah. Um, anything that helps drive the overall hockey market and keep people happy is generally beneficial and positive for all of us. And there's been a big reaction to this product. At the very least, the quality control, while not perfect yet again, it's not supposed to be perfect. I understand that. No. Is, is good. The designs are good. Um, the variety of players is good. I mean, they even have they have uh, the women's women's they players. You have the women's. Well. Yeah, uh, see Natalie Spooner and some other uh, high level female players that are in there. Uh, that's a whole other discussion, and I'm sure if you speak to the the right people with horrible takes, they'll say some offensive things about that. But um, there's been a great response to it. There's been excitement. I was very disappointed with previous releases one after the other so we needed a little bit of uh getting back to some kind of yeah positivity I've, getting excited I've, seen, about something. I've also seen lots of lots of excitement i've seen lots of excitement i have seen you know at, people are excited to just pull up a dart doesn't matter if it's a base doesn't matter if it's a parallel doesn't matter uh, I mean, and to your point, Bedards you are selling for probably cost, like 40 or 50 bucks right now, right? You, so you want to talk about cost, Coach Co. At least these people that are spending, you know, 400 bucks, they're getting multiple autographs and yeah. memorabilia in there. Um, there is a lot of Bedard, like, you know, not commons, uh, 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 base, base cards, base. yeah, but they're getting what they I want, though. They, they're, they're buying, they're buying the box because they want Bedard, right? So, like, now, they're getting what they Bedard want in series one comes out. Talk to the people who are buying case after case, getting one or two young guns. Talk to them about the Bedard chase. Talk to them about how many, uh, what their options and variety is. Because even a, a base jersey card is going to be hundreds of dollars, uh, much less hitting a, a, a rookie patch. Uh, I'm just trying to think of some of the base releases that we'll be seeing at first or exclusives or high gloss. Uh, Jeremy Lee and the, the Hockey Cards Gong Show talking about $1,000 Bedards. I mean, me personally, I think, I think I it's a debut maybe closer to four or 500. I think I lost their minds. I think it's, I think they might be right, man. After yeah, what I saw, a, after what I saw with Alexis Lafreniere, I, I think his, his his cap was like 600 bucks, bro. I don't recall and, that. And, and he didn't have the hype that Connor Bedard has right now. I don't recall that, but I do recall big numbers, two, $300. Uh, we've seen that. And I just think the Bedard will be higher. Will it be a thousand? Uh, I think it's a legitimate take. I'm just saying, that's even more reason to understand that when series one comes out, you want to talk about the money. First of all, how, how, how quickly will that hobby box hit three, $400? It'll take a few weeks. I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if it debuts at, so there we go. at 300 bucks. So 400 for team Canada and you're pulling out five or six Bedards. Let it, let it be is what I say. But uh, I, 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 I was just, I'm upset because it sets a, a precedent where now upper deck is again. I mean, they, if they weren't already increasing prices, they're like, Hey, Let's just give these guys shiny shit and they'll they're gonna spend it. They're gonna bait, they're gonna, they're gonna spend. They're gonna buy. We're gonna sure. load this shit with parallels. Uh and you know, four hundred bucks a box is flying off shelves, right? Sure. So 
Um, yeah, and, I, and again, I, if it was three hundred, some of this stuff you got the the red foil. That's card number twenty three. Then you've got a completely different image. That's card number two. You've got a you've got the same image of the red that I just showed you as a base. You've got the jersey card. Again, by the way, this hollow foil is lovely. You got the pride of the program. <laughs> I'm not done yet. Uh, now, uh, uh, this is a Spooner patch auto, but obviously Bedard has one like that as well. Lots of uh, Connor, lots of Connor. Everyone's kid's name's Connor. Connor, Connor, Connor. Connor McGregor. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I will say, you, it was a nice little reality check about those patch autos. I had no idea. So uh, for all those people I was telling that there were patch autos, World Juniors, I'm glad I was put in my place. <laughs> you, you, what, you were saying that there weren't any no i think that there was that yeah. that a previous years i'm saying oh but i haven't seen one yet so i mean unless they're there someone's hiding them and there are some dedicated collectors out there but i don't know yeah. um what can we say i mean watch out for ufos that's probably going to be the title of this video uh hopefully we'll see <laughs> hopefully hopefully we'll see our beautiful viewers and and they'll see us in a week because god knows at this point here in Canada, That's I always think Canada about. would be a part of the next uh, the next evolution and whatever's going on around here, eh? So grab them, Wilson, and let's see what happens, eh, bud? Grab onto your moose, people. It's about to That's be right. wild out there. I'm George. I'm from Georgia. I'm from Northern Ontario. I don't know where I'm from anymore, folks. Love uh, it. Silva play, you know. Team, I hope you enjoyed this extra spicy episode of Cardboard Coaches. Please, if you haven't already, click that like that like button. Hit the subscribe. Hit the follow. I think it's follow on Spotify. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you thought of this episode. If you don't like one of our takes, please let us know. Love you guys. I want you to have a wonderful rest of the day. The cardboard coaches are out of here. Peace. <laughs>